All good business partners Simon Coley and Matt Morrison are having a pop-up photo exhibition at the Hamish Mackay Gallery to show photos of their visit to their Karma Cola nut suppliers in Boma, Sierra Leone. The sales of the drink Karma Cola are having some astounding effects in the village of Boma and on the World Fair Trade stage as out of 27,000 fair trade products from 120 countries, these these Kiwis from All Good have taken home the award for the world's fairest trader. Hi, Simon and Matt. Welcome to B Side Stories on Access Radio. G'day, Laurie. Hi, Laurie. Yeah, hi. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you. There are some amazing stats on your website that say that out of 1.7 billion bottles of cola that are drunk every day, is that correct? It's a, it's a stat we got from a French documentary about the wow. ingredients that go into cola. So yes, as as far as their research goes, it's that true. That is true. Well, that's astounding. But then the second astounding thing on that was that very few carry the naming ingredient cola so how the hell did you come up with such a crazy idea to actually put the natural cola nut in the drink (laughs) well it was something that really mystified us for a long time and we did question does the world need another sugary drink right and we because 1.7 billion is surely enough per day uh, and probably much too many but we just felt that they needed the real thing and it was on uh, liaising with uh, Harriet Lamb, who was one of the pioneers of the fair trade movement in right. Europe. And she said, look, why don't you give a call to a friend of hers who was uh, who grew up in Sierra Leone and, and lived in London and did a lot of work in Africa and development to, to see if he can source some real cola nut. And he got in touch with some NGOs in, in West Africa, and sure enough, we we got supplied a small bag of cola nut. And from there, we felt, well, we're underway now, so let's see if we can make a drink that tastes great and is made from the original ingredients as you and I would like it to be made today. And what's amazing about that, growing up as a kid in New Zealand with Coca-Cola being blasted everywhere, I never actually questioned that those ingredients. Yeah, those ingredients. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's interesting the way the world is going. Food technology mm. has synthesized many things that we kind of assume are natural or organic ingredients. That's been a big part of what we're doing is to make sure that everything that we source is authentic and that you know we have the best organic and ethical ingredients we can for our products. That's fantastic. So talking about that, the cola nut has a few properties that are quite good and celebrated yeah, in, in Africa. Can it, you tell us a, a bit about that? It's hugely important as part of the day-to-day ritual. Right. They use it. The most interesting thing for us is that it's used to welcome people. Mm. So, and the counter to that is if someone doesn't offer you a cola nut, you should be worried. <laughs> It's so prolific (laughs) that, you know, something's going on and it doesn't come your way. But it's also, I mean, it is a medicine for there. It's used for asthma, uh, some stomach complaints. It's, uh, it makes you very talkative. It has a mild stimulant. It's very good because there's not transport there in the way we have here. Most people walk to get places. Yeah. So the walk to the market's three or four hours. The walk to school's probably an hour. Um, So... 
the most people use it to help them on their way, and it, it's a good appetite suppressant too. So when they're mar- walking between that villages, probably helps. they use it to keep you know make sure they don't get too hungry. Amazing, that mm. description of life there as well. Can you tell us a little bit about Sierra Leone? Because it, my understanding, it has been ravaged by war. Can you tell us a bit about the people and how they are now? It was interesting arriving. Matt and I had travelled for three days. Well, Matt had already been in Kenya. We met in Freetown after I'd left New Zealand. <laughs> took two days to get wow. via London to Freetown. Were you nervous at all about this trip? I, I don't know. I, I feel like I was too stupid to be nervous. Right, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it that much. So the time we got Simon, there, Simon's travelled some interesting places right, right. before. Gosh. But, I mean, and Matt had been on the tarmac in Kenya at Nairobi Airport for about 16 hours without shelter. So neither of us were in great shape when we arrived in the village. And we were we got out of the... Well, we walked into the village and were met by a group of women dressed in these amazing clothes. And we thought, oh, I thought, crikey, what have we done? Because I hadn't quite, I wasn't quite prepared for right. this kind of celebration. Right. We thought we'd just turn up and say hi and it'd yeah. be fine. But no, they were prepared right. for us. And they'd been waiting a while. Wow. There were drums going in the background. There were these fantastically dressed women and they walked us from the top of the path that leads into the village wow. down towards this bridge that the proceeds of the sale of the drinks had helped build. So when we got to the bridge, we saw a whole lot of people dressed up as devils. And you can see these photos in the <laughs> right, exhibition. Yeah. Dancing and swirling around and making a huge racket. And I think we... Well, I was wondering how we were going to get through it by then. It was extraordinary. Yeah. Quite overwhelming uh, and quite brilliant. Yeah. And in terms of if you've travelled quite a bit, you know, for you, how, how high did that rate in experiences? It's, it's very different going into a place like this from my experience with the kind—I mean, with this kind of relationship that we'd already established, right, yeah, we weren't yeah. really tourists, and yet we were, you know, white people yes. in this very strange place to us. But it felt great, and it might be a bit cute to say it felt like coming home, but it felt like we were supposed to be there. It was brilliant. It's a special feeling to very. to have. How long have you been dealing with with the village, getting the colon up from them now? We've been dealing with them for a, about a year before we actually sold a right. bottle of cola nut, right. but wow. in quite a distant way. Yeah, and it's not easy to communicate because they mm. don't have electricity, so they're not. Uh, there's no Skype or email. From, so how do you communicate? We communicate through a great uh, NGO leader there right. uh, called Hans Peter. And Hans Peter has been living in that part of Sierra Leone for about six years now. And he was the one who found the colon up for us, right. for us and sent it through. And so he has a very close relationship with uh, this part of Sierra Leone, which is right down on the border of Liberia. So it's still right. several days travel from the one's main city there, Freetown. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the relationship has grown from being obviously quite distant to now we're really getting 
a close relationship as they undertake projects that they've chosen to put the money into. So in terms of building a rice processing centre, the bridge, to the schooling of the children, and we're now you know, trying to interact by getting uh, art from that part of the world back to New oh, Zealand so we can share fantastic. it with New Zealand yeah. kids. But it is a long way to go, as Simon said, and it's not an easy place for a small business to send a lot of people no. back and forth. So yeah. it's still... It, we ex, we're really looking forward to uh, learning more and, and you know, re- really deepening that relationship and, and making connection between other New Zealanders and that part of the world. Obviously, I hadn't heard of it before, before Carmicola mm. kind of starts to educate us. Most people just wouldn't want to get involved at that level, most business people. Why have you wanted to do that? To, to go along and face them, that's quite a brave brave move, I think. Um, it, well, you know, we called ourselves all good. Yeah, so, <laughs> now you're going to wear yeah, it. <laughs> we, exactly. Whether we like it or not, we're going to have to uh, make sure that everything we do me- measures our, these criteria. So, uh, you know, and in, in, interestingly, in, in thinking about that name as kind of the genesis of... of um, Carmicola that we thought wouldn't right. it be great to do something that was called that. <laughs> so we really got to be careful what we wish for. Yes. <laughs> I think the other thing is that it's incredibly motivating. You know, if, right. we, if you do have to take the kind of care we do mm. to make sure the provenance of the ingredients we're using honours those sorts of criteria, and ours are that they be ethical, that right. they be, and you know, in, in terms of social justice, they be organic. Yeah. Um, and that um, we understand exactly what the the value and supply chain look like so that we can show a consumer exactly where these ingredients come from and why we've made those choices. If we can do that and feel comfortable about those transactions, then, you know, we have a, a product we can stand behind. And, you know, not surprisingly, those values seem to appeal to a lot of people. And yeah. that's where that's kind of both our product development and marketing. Yeah. The putting the putting a percentage back into the village, that's also a nice idea. And coming from a business, I know I love those mm. ideas, but they were really hard to, to it, put it hard. in place. And I think that the reason we got that award was because we could just choose to use fair trade and organic certified ingredients. Right. But because there is no fair trade organic certified cola in the world, we had to go further and find it. Yeah. And I think the Fair Trade Organisation have kind of seen us do that and given us some credence for it. But I think I don't think we could do it unless we went that far anyway. That's kind of the reason we're in business. Um, it's tricky, but it's also, I think it's rewarding. And we hope it will be, you know, profitable in the way that it should be for the people involved. Yeah. And for the people that... that choose to buy these products that's that's the idea isn't it that that's that win-win just a little bit about the bridge like I think that's quite a fascinating story but would you mind sharing how the bridge why they needed the, the bridge yeah, yeah how, how did that uh, there's a there is a river between two parts of the village it's a tributary to the McKenna River which is huge and we were there just on the edge of the wet season and it was teeming um, and there's there's a bit of wildlife in that river some of it's right. dangerous. Yeah. Some um, of it with big, big jaws and big snappy teeth. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so this little tributary to the McKenna River had some logs across it, the former bridge. 
which washed away every wet season. Uh, and the people in the village thought it would be quite a good idea to replace that with a concrete bridge. It's not, it's not a huge span, uh, and it seemed to be a perfect thing to put the first amount of money we could right. invest back, well, from the sale of the goods back to the back to the village. So they, they kind of decided to do it. That was but their, we were very lucky because it's such a great metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. It- it is. It is important. Yeah, we are not development specialists, so right, you know, yeah. from New Zealand, we just, you know, it would be completely wrong for us to say, right, this is where you're putting this money. So, uh, the the villagers themselves and the, the farmers put together a group of people who uh, choose how they spend the money, and it's it's a very democratic system, yeah. and they've obviously put a lot of care and th- thought into how they want to spend the money over the next couple of years. So we're it was it was, you know, great to see a, you know a very concrete structure yeah, literally there that we could stand on and uh, but from there they're going to use the funds for a wide variety of things that will be uh, from schooling of children to uh, adult literacy classes. That'll be awesome. HIV awareness yeah. um, groups that go around the region and Food also to, yeah rice processing for their own consumption. Right, great. Uh, fixing of infrastructure there. A big part of the their interest now is to have sustainable economy locally. So re-establishing farms in the forest, as they were very proudly showed us around Great. Uh, areas of the forest that they cleared again so that they could pr- plant cocoa. They had wild honey. Um, what else were they growing apart from cola? <laughs> yeah. They're looking at um, things like cacao, mm. so right. for chocolate. One day we'd love to get it to the Wellington Chocolate Factory or be, elsewhere. Yeah. Simon and Matt, you've both been in business for a few years now and you've definitely developed good business, or should we say all good business. Yeah. What triggered you both to to want to take this this journey in business, which is not the normal road? A lot of confidence for me came in meeting Matt and his brother Chris. Right. That, you know, you can't do these sorts of... Th- I I couldn't do this on my own. Right. Um, so I think we've been lucky and I feel kind of privileged that we have a team that works quite well mm. this way. It's unusual. There's not often businesses with three people who are making No, that's those impressive sorts of but as well. It works yep. for us. So, you know, that's a big part of... I think why we've been out, we've got as far as we have. Mm. What about you, Matt? We felt that this was the way that, from a purely business perspective, that we could actually have a point of difference. And mm. without a point of difference, uh, you know, as we said earlier, we don't really need more sugary drinks. No. Uh, and bananas, where we started, which was a very steep learning curve. Um, yeah. It was not really a place for the faint-hearted, and it's not a place where uh, you can make really any money. Um, but with, as Simon said, creating that intimacy between the consumer and the people that grew their, mm. grow their food is of real interest. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here today in an interview on radio if we were just selling the, an ordinary banana and a drink. So you do get a chance to tell the story and... You know, that's great fun. And, mm. you know, Simon's um, a fantastic designer and marketer and, and the, the ability to have a genuine story and, and put it out there is was really the crux of the business. 
But it's also such a good story, you know. It's such a we, we need these stories and to know and be that transparency to understand who our suppliers are and what their lives yes. are like. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think all that mutual benefit too really does make it a much you know, this is a great I feel the reason I say I feel privileged is I like getting up and going to work. This is a great job to be. You're doing. a lucky man, yeah. Simon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think you know it's a lot to ask for, I guess. Yeah. But you can create environments or jobs that do that, and I think our team, and there are a few of us now, hopefully, all have a similar approach. You know that that we, you know, the thing that gets us up and going in the morning is yeah. not just the money, but the fact that we uh, we're doing a bit more than that. Yeah. Now, your customers or your New Zealand or even not even New Zealand around the world seem to be liking what you're doing as well. Are you feeling a shift and growth in the market in the world or New Zealand or Wellington that people are wanting to know more about what they're consuming? It's definitely a trend. Yeah. Um, and I think with or without us, that idea of needing to have a better understanding of the provenance of food isn't going to go away. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is the sort of social aspect of it. I think more and, peop- more and more people understanding the impact of being a conscious consumer, yes. both environmentally and socially, is is a fantastic kind of development. It's complicated. You know, when you're walking through a supermarket, you don't have that much time to make decisions <laughs> based on those sorts of criteria, but it's happening. It so, is happening, Yeah. yeah. Winning the award, I didn't realise until reading the fine print this morning actually what you were up against. Did you have an inkling that that you would be taking that award? They asked us to enter, right? But, but I'm sure they asked a lot of people to yeah. enter. But I think I don't I don't know that we knew up until a few days before where they told us that we should make sure we were. You're awake. there at, at four o'clock <laughs> exactly. in the morning. <laughs> um, we didn't get it quite enough notice to fly to Bond, but. Uh, I don't know that we had that much of an inkling. I think we we kind of apply for these things often because right. we're encouraged to by the organisers. Um, we always think it's it's good for the team to be recognised by their peers, right. and it's a good way for us to benchmark what we're claiming again. The Ethisphere Institute awards that we've been awarded the last two years uh, are really good benchmark for our right. claims around ethical behaviour yes. as a business. And the Fair Trade one, the most recent one, the Fairest Trader. I love that. Um, which was quite fantastic <laughs> yeah. and, and almost silly. Um, is one that we're we're kind of proud of because it is a sort of an Oscar for us to, to, to be able to, you know, it's all very well to make these claims, but you definitely need certification. You need people authenticating what you're doing. And you need that transparency in your supply chain so that if you make a claim, anyone can look at it That's and right. be confident that what you say is what's actually happening. Yep. We've seen a lot of people in the markets that we're in make these sorts of claims without having that back up. Mm. And it's very easy to do. No one's going to prosecute you for saying your product's organic if it isn't at the moment. There's no law against it. Yes. So we're very careful mm. that what we say is true. Mm. And we, you know, the, the awards are showing that we've done that and gone further. So... You know, I think we're rightfully proud of it, but we've got a lot more to do. <laughs> well, I still think that's a mighty effort and definitely has that Kiwi punching above the weight again feel, doesn't it? I think so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. 
So just in terms of Welly, how many bottles of Karma Cola is Wellington getting through? Not the 1.7 billion, is it? <laughs> are we chipping away? Well, it's at a that? much smaller number. <laughs> no, look, we work with you know, a great group of cafes in Wellington that have really helped us from the start. Some yes. who have also helped us um, sell you know, our fair trade organic bananas. And it, it's we really go to the places that we like to have a good coffee in. And and also Common Sense and yes. Wilsons have been hugely supportive both with our bananas and our drinks. So we can, you know, you can find us in in your f- favourite little coffee spot and, and if you can't, then um, ask them to stop Karma Cola. Amazing to work the way that you have and have the results. Um, do you have a motto that you work by or, or something that you could share with us today? I guess we don't actually look too far ahead. Um, yes. There's enough challenges week by week. It's what I find anyway, is that we really have got to where we've got to without looking too far ahead mm. and just enjoyed enjoyed those challenges in the short term and not got too worried about the big hurdles that we've had to cross because we've just sort of broken them down into smaller things and before we know it we find the hurdles are behind us and we're on to the next one. I think that's it, you know, every every disaster that we've faced <laughs> from the first load of bananas that we got from Samoa that all went rotten we had to chuck down the back of Chris's section <laughs> led to a wasp infestation. <laughs> we managed to overcome and move on to the next problem. So, you know, let's hope we can carry on. <laughs> I am Certainly sure you will. Um, Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Simon, for talking to us today. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Laureen. Oh, God, I'm crying. Did we get all that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was Banana Gate. It was was very messy.